Hi, welcome to the Covenant Presbyterian Church podcast, a weekly broadcast of our Sunday sermon. I am Lee Campbell-Taylor, the interim pastor here, and Covenant Presbyterian Church is an open, affirming congregation, and we're so glad you found us. Our primary mission is to equip God's people to serve Christ in the world. In our weekly messages, we hope that you'll find inspiration, encouragement, and even challenge for your faith journey. Please listen with us now. God's instructions that this obscure prophet Habakkuk should write the vision so clearly that a runner may read it pushes me to state this sermon's claim very plainly. So here it is. Life changes when we welcome God. This is true whether you are lamenting like Habakkuk was or celebrating like we are. This is true for the life of an individual and for the life of a congregation. Life changes when we welcome God. Now, God's gracious presence isn't waiting for us to welcome God. That gracious presence already permeates the world. So what we're looking at here is the active engagement with God's presence that has to do with trusting and truly welcoming God. That's what adds the deeply grounded vibrancy of a truly changed life. Each of today's readings lets us glimpse a life in the process of being changed by God. There's Zacchaeus, whom I'm about to read about in Luke, and whom you may once have sung about if you grew up in the church. I understand there's a children's Sunday school song called Zacchaeus Was a Wee Little Man, which actually makes me glad I was raised outside the church. (laughs) At any rate, you may know Zacchaeus. Habakkuk, Mm, less likely. I confess I had to use the table of contents to find the book of Habakkuk. And when I did find it, Clark glanced at its scant three pages and said, I wouldn't call that a book, it's more like a pamphlet. (laughs) And yes, the book of Habakkuk is, I just can't resist this, it's even shorter than Zacchaeus. But for a little book, it's had a big impact. The classic Advent hymn, Let all mortal flesh keep silent. That is drawn from Habakkuk. Of greater significance is that the final phrase there in today's passage, the righteous live by their faith, that was later picked up by the Apostle Paul and used to develop his life-changing theology of God's free grace, a concept that animates Paul's writings and that played a major role in the theologies of Martin Luther and John Calvin and John Knox and the entire Protestant Reformation movement, which we mark on Reformation Sunday. This little book achieves its impact by being concentrated. Did you notice how it wastes no time launching instantly into passionate berating of God? How long shall I cry for help and you will not listen? or cry to you, violence, and you will not save. Destruction and violence are before me. Strife and contention arise, so the law, and here we're not talking of mere human legislation, but Torah, God's law, 
So your law becomes slack and justice never prevails. That passionate wail is how this little book opens. And then Habakkuk passionately installs himself on a watchtower until he receives an answer he can live with if he lives a changed life. God assures the prophet that there is a vision still for the appointed time. That vision has yet to be fulfilled, and hence the righteous must live by their faith, their faith in God's promised vision. Vision, by definition, precedes its fulfillment, and faith is what bridges the gap. So Habakkuk's life is changed as he welcomes the God who reminds him that his passion for justice and peace must be harnessed for the long haul of faith. As we now hear the gospel reading, listen for how Zacchaeus' life is changed by welcoming God. This is Luke chapter 19, beginning with the first verse. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through it. A man was there named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. He was trying to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he could not because he was short in stature. So Zacchaeus ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree to see him because he was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried down and was happy to welcome Jesus. Now all who saw this began to grumble and said, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, look, Lord, half of my possessions I will give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will pay back four times as much. And then Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because he too is a son of Abraham. For the son of humanity came to seek out and save the lost. This too is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. When our older son, Malcolm, was a junior in high school, our family was swept up in that cultural maelstrom known as the college application process. <laughs> Among countless websites and brochures, tours and talks, we encountered Lauren Pope's renowned book, Colleges That Change Lives. Now, Lauren Pope had been education editor of the New York Times. He had been an activist working against the reduction of students and schools to mere scores and statistics. He was a revolutionary, working for good change. He was my kind of guy, so I bought his book. And then I proudly shared it with my brother, whose son is the same age as Malcolm. And my brother looked at the title and said to me, colleges that change lives. Gosh, Lee, 
I didn't know Malcolm's life needed to be changed. Ha, ha, ha. Zacchaeus' life definitely needs to be changed. We know that because he's a tax collector, and we know that because he is rich. And we know it because after hopscotching through this gospel's main themes, inclusion of the excluded, proper use of wealth, the nature of faith and salvation, Luke wraps up this little story with a one-line summation of the gospel message. Jesus came to seek out and to save the lost. The lost. That certainly suggests that Zacchaeus' life needed changing. Though you can bet he had been living the good life. Not just a tax collector, he was chief tax collector. Now, a tax collecting post in the Roman Empire had to be purchased from the empire, so Zacchaeus must have had money before he even became a tax collector. And then once situated as chief tax collector, he is essentially perched at the top of a pyramid scheme with all of the other tax collectors giving him a cut. And he's in Jericho, which is quite a city. King Herod had a palace there. And so it was a prime location for collecting taxes. Zacchaeus could definitely afford the good life, which is why, unlike Habakkuk, Zacchaeus isn't seeking God to complain. No, Zacchaeus is just curious. Now, Luke's audience would have been curious here, too, curious to see how Jesus would deal with this rich tax collector. Now, on the one hand, this gospel has already offered multiple instances of Jesus befriending those who are shunned as tax collectors and sinners. On the other hand, this story comes right after Jesus' famous line, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter heaven. So, Jesus, we're curious to know, which will it be? Will you befriend this latest tax collector, or will you send away this latest rich person? Now, of course, we know the answer. Since nothing is impossible with God, the rich can enter the kingdom of God, though their lives, which is to say our lives, will be changed. So back to our original assertion, life changes when we welcome God. We've glimpsed what that looks like in two biblical stories, so what might it look like for us? Well, we might be like Zacchaeus, stuck on the outskirts of a crowd that notices only our shortcomings. So we abandon our usual priorities and go out on a limb, and then, with us feeling mighty exposed, God looks directly at us, claiming us and restoring us and changing our life. Or we might be like Habakkuk, appalled at the injustice that persists in the world. And so we trust God enough to yell at God and go out on a protest march. And then, with us feeling mighty exposed, God speaks to our prayer, claiming us and inspiring us and changing our life. That's a similarity that strikes me about these two stories. Both show someone whose whole self is involved in their God-changed life. Habakkuk wails. 
He listens, he stations himself to watch, he sees a vision, he writes it down, he proclaims it. And Zacchaeus, well, what we love about wee little Zacchaeus is how he runs ahead and scoots up a tree, sees God face to face, and then shimmies down and throws an impromptu party. Both stories show how this whole self-involvement is key to faith. Now, the story's differences are also instructive. In welcoming God, Zacchaeus must build relationships, giving to the poor, becoming a good neighbor, opening his home to a self-invited guest. Whereas in welcoming God into his life, Habakkuk must accept that faith is a long haul. So passion must be sustained by trusting God's promised vision. So what of Covenant Presbyterian Church? Well, welcoming God into our life means that even as we wail to God about the situation in Ukraine or the situation in Haiti or the violence and injustice right here in Atlanta, we also cultivate Habakkuk's determined trust that God's vision for justice and peace will be fulfilled, while we also cultivate Zacchaeus's curiosity about how we participate in that vision. It's the cultivation of whole self faith, which is what we mean when we talk about sharing time, talent, and treasure, those gifts that come to us by God's free grace, grace that brightens every challenge, grace that stirs up gratitude, grace that changes our life so that we know the deeply grounded vibrancy of welcoming God. That's what stewardship is. It's about considering how we will share our whole self in this, the long haul of faith. How much of our whole self, our passion, our curiosity, our prayers, skills, insights, and money? Stewardship is never only about money, but it is also never not about money. After all, it takes money to keep the lights on. But keeping the lights on is not why you're here. You're here because, like Habakkuk, we know the problems of the world need God's intervention, and we feel the God-given urge to offer whatever of ourselves God can use in achieving God's vision of peace and justice. And we're also here because, like Zacchaeus, we're trying to see who Jesus is. Now, maybe we don't see the face of God like Zacchaeus did, or hear the voice of God like Habakkuk did. But for me, and I am confident for you, some version of those encounters happens through our church, through worship, through mission outreach, through education, through community. That's why Clark and I have, for 30-some-odd years, pledged our time and talent and treasure, 
no matter the economic forecast, church has been key to helping us welcome God into our lives, which really isn't difficult to do given that Jesus seeks us and saves us and urges us to get on board with the plans that God has for us, plans for a future with hope, as this year's stewardship scripture puts it. Church, it's not difficult to welcome God because God first welcomes us, offering us such grace that we know the deeply grounded vibrancy of leading a changed life, a life that brings our whole self into play, a life that harnesses our passion for justice and peace and commits it to the long haul of faith, a life that shares our gratitude to God by welcoming all others. Because, simply put, life changes when we welcome God. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Covenant Presbyterian Church podcast. I invite you to visit our website, covpresatl.org. That's C-O-V-P-R-E-S-A-T-L.org. There you'll find current worship information, links to our live Sunday morning streaming service, and our full archive of recorded services. You'll also find out more about us and how to get in touch. I wish you well in these strange times. God is with us. Grace and peace to you.